Welcome to the Love Thy Neighbor Podcast Network. I'm your host, Anthony Wilson. And in this episode, we are going to uh, dive into a class that I'm teaching called homiletics. And in this particular class, uh, we're going to uh, pop into the conversation about rightly dividing the word of truth, that we are going to look at how uh, we should be preaching through the whole counsel of God, but also being careful not to create doctrines based on passages of scripture that may not be consistent in every manuscript. And this is something that a lot of believers uh, are not familiar with. But there are passages that when you look at the various manuscripts, uh, that these uh, specific scriptures vary from manuscript to manuscript. And so we're going to dive into that. And so you're going to be privileged to dive into this conversation uh, about rightly dividing the word of truth here on the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network. Thank you for listening. Please comment, like, subscribe, follow. Make sure uh, that you get every episode that we put out. And thank you for supporting the Love Thy Neighbor podcast network. God bless. purposely avoid any text. Hmm. We should distinguish between wisely passing over some texts and purposely avoiding others. When Paul told the Ephesians, told the Ephesian elders, I did not shrink from declaring to you the whole counsel of God, Acts 20, 27. His words revealed the courage and the integrity such conscientious proclamation requires. Wisdom and tact should guide the presentation of issues difficult for a particular congregation to face. But if a church never faces its faults and frailties, its pastor has failed to preach everything it needs to hear. So, yeah, so in in today's day and age, a passage like Romans 1, you know, people would skip that. Like, well, I'm not going to talk about that because that might offend some people. But if you're doing a, a series through Romans, how do you skip that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, how do you avoid that? You know, uh, so I think that's what he's talking about, you know, when he says don't purposely avoid any text, you know, or or maybe there's a difficult text that you might try to skip over. Like when Jesus, you know, tells the young man, let the dead bury the dead. Like some people are like, what in the world? You know, why would Jesus say something so mean? But you can't run from it. You've got to deal with it. You've got to understand it. You've got to look at the context so you can understand what's really going on rather than just focusing on the fact that he said this, right? There's another passage that says, Jesus said, I, I didn't come to bring peace. I came with a sword, right? And people will quote that, you know, like, well, but what does that mean? <laughs> you know, can we, can we look at the context? And so somebody might avoid that because they want God to be loving, they want him to be kind. They don't want nobody to think that yeah, he's dividing people. That's I don't I don't understand. I don't know what to do with that passage. Let's just not talk about it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 made me think about. I think I mentioned about that that my um my cousin who is a homosexual is a is like an assistant yeah. pastor at church. I bet the scriptures regarding homosexuality never show up. Oh in no! Church. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! You know, uh, somebody asked me today, because uh, we do a morning, uh, actually, what's, yeah, today's Wednesday, we do a morning coffee too, We um, 
and in our morning coffee, it's more of an open discussion. Um, and someone brought to the discussion about, you know, you know, men cross-dressing or, you know, and like the guy said, the guy defended himself and said, well, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says that that's a sin, you know, so you can't tell me, you know, that that's a sin. And, and I showed him, I said, well, in, in uh, Deuteronomy 22, 5, it actually says that women should not wear men's clothing and men should not wear women's clothing. Now, you may say, well, that's the law and we're not under the law and all these kind of things. And I said, well, maybe you have a point there. But there's a further point that Paul makes that we should be conscious about causing other people to stumble. Now, what if you somehow have convinced yourself that you have freedom to do this? That doesn't mean everybody should be doing it, right? And so you've got to say, should I be doing this? Is this the example that I want to set for other people? Or, you know, am I stirring up confusion, you know, and causing other people to stumble? You know, and so a lot of people are like, well, I want to do what I want to do for me. That tells me that that's not the spirit of God. And just because you can do something doesn't mean that that's God's will. And as Christians, we want to operate in God's will, not just find loopholes to be able to do what we want. And so sometimes these uh, sometimes these things are difficult and people will skip over them. Like, uh, I'm, I don't want to bring up that subject because I'm not ready to fight with people. Or, But the word is the word. And we're just going to preach the word. We let the word deal with you. However, you know, and you're not arguing, as Moses and Aaron said, they're, they're not arguing with us. They're not mad at us. Their issue is with God because we're just servants. So, all right. So, our, our last one, uh, don't use spurious texts. And so we'll take some time to talk about this. Uh, who do we have? Uh, Sarah? Sarah, yeah. Okay. Concern for what a congregation needs to hear should never lead a pastor to proclaim as authoritative any words or texts that the Holy Spirit did not in inspire. Scribal comments and errors that have mistakenly been included in some translations should not be presented as the word of God. Where there is a rare question about whether particular passages spurious, spurious, yeah, spurious, it is wise to see if the same truth can be preached from a more certain passage or to provide the congregation with your reasons for using the text, since the marginal notes in the most trustworthy translations in the laps of smartphones of listeners will question the passage's authenticity. You want me to continue? Yes. Faith that the Holy Spirit knew what he was doing when he inspired the word without the spurious texts will keep us confident of scripture's sufficiency. We can help the people to whom we preach remain confident of the Bible's authority by reminding them how rare such questions are when they do arise in the ordinary course of preaching. Bible-believing scholars question the textual validity of less than one word in a thousand in our best translations. As a result, there is a little question concerning what statements appeared in the original manuscripts. The evangelical debate with modern theories rarely 
concentrates on what scripture actually says, but rather on whether to believe and obey what is what it says. The Holy Spirit's inspiration and providential pers- uh, pers- God, my brain is so gone right now. <laughs> Perservation mm-hmm. of the day I had of scripture are continuing miracles of God's uh, spiritual care for our souls. A good study Bible prepared by scholars who accept the Bible's full authority will give us ample warning of a questionable text and will grant us confidence that we are preaching in accord with the Spirit's imprimatur. Yes. Okay. Yes. Impermature. Yes. And so, uh, okay, so what this looks like is, um, let's see, depending on your translation, uh, 1 John chapter 5, and I believe it's verses um, 6 through 8 or 7 through 8, some translations, it appears, other translations it doesn't um can you say that again first john five yeah first john five let me go there real quick i can make sure because it's one of those things that depending on your translation and this is people get hung up on this particular thing yeah first john chapter five verses six through eight And so I believe if you have an NIV, six through eight might not be there. You know, I've actually come across a couple of them in NIV, and you're absolutely right. They're not there. Yeah, might not be there. Six through eight in NIV right now is there um, for this passage. Does it have a footnote? You said six through eight. Yes, there's a footnote. Okay. What's it say? What's it say? Late Late manuscripts of the Vulgate testify in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that testify on earth, the not found in any Greek manuscript before the 14th century. Right. So that's one of those spurious texts, a text that is kind of disputed, you know, uh, depending on, you know, the translation um, some people say, oh, this was added late. Um, they found this fragment and they put this in, uh, because they were finding fragments of scrolls of parts of the Bible over time. As a matter of fact, just as late as 1945, 48, they found the, what we call today, the Dead Sea Scrolls, right? And the Dead Sea Scrolls gave us a lot of material that proved the authenticity of Old Testament and some New Testament texts because it was preserved hundreds of years, you know, uh, 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 you know, before, you know, people found them. It's like, whoa, so this was around. This was actually what was written. And so they used the Dead Sea Scrolls to correct some things that may have been translated a little this way or that way. Um, another passage is... And it was in John as well. I think it's uh, the Gospel of John. Uh, I think it's the Gospel of John, chapter 5 as well. Um, Let's see. Same verses? Yeah. 
It's like the same section of verses in the Gospel of John um, where the water was troubled. Was um five verse five or chapter five verse three and four? Yes. It says some because here the the note says some manuscripts include here holy or in part paralyzed and they waited for the moving of the waters. Right. From time to time, an angel of the Lord would come down and stir up the waters. First one into the pool after each such disturbance would be cured of whatever disease they had. Right. Right. And so depending on what translation you have, so the New King James puts it in. The English Standard Version takes it out and puts it in the footnotes. The New Living Translation takes it out and puts it in the footnotes. And so this is a passage where, okay, so if you're building a doctrine, you wouldn't use this to be the, the, the foundation for this particular doctrine because depending on the translation it might not it might not be something that is uh agreed upon because maybe it was found later um and i'll give you one more and i know this is probably tough but you guys need to know this because if somebody challenges you on something you need to be able to say okay i, I get where you're coming from um, Mark chapter 15, actually Mark chapter 16, Mark chapter 16, and the disputed texts are 16, 8, 16, 9 through 20. Then they, then they would admit 9 through 20. Yes, yeah. 9 through 20. It says some manuscripts have following ending between verses 8 and 9, and one manuscript has it after verse 8, omitting verses 9 through 20. Right. And okay. Now, most of us, uh, if you grew up off the, the King James, that was always there. You never knew a Bible without it, but some, um, some manuscripts don't have it, and so they have to give you that now. Scholarship kind of requires that people you know, be able to, you know, look, okay, some of the earliest manuscripts did not include this. And so um, it might have been put in later because they found the full version of it later. Would you mind telling me where you found this? I'm looking at Mark 16 NIV. Is it in uh, verse 8? Uh, it's after verse 8. So, like, if you have, let's see. Oh, okay. The English Standard Version puts uh -huh. puts the note there that some of the earliest manuscripts uh, do not include six through twenty. Um, the okay. the New Living Translation puts a note there. They have a shorter ending in Mark, which stops at eight, and then they have a longer ending, which is nine through twenty. <clears throat> uh, the New King James has the whole thing. And it does leave a note, a footnote down at the bottom, um, talking about, you know, verses 9 through 20. Um, what does the NIV say? The NIV on my phone, that's the one that has it in there, but then it has that little note okay. explaining it. Yeah. So, okay. So, I mean, and it's important to kind of know these things because today 
people want a reason to discount the Bible. Right. Right. And so if you didn't know that, right. Somebody says, well, you didn't know that your Bible's been tampered with or, you know, they, I don't, you know how they, they bring stuff at you and it could shake you. It could mess with you. Like, well, wait a minute. I didn't know that. That's why for me, I feel like it's important for me to address those things, especially if you're going to preach or teach or, and somebody, you know, questions you. Because, like you said, with smartphones and all these kind of things, somebody can Google something like, well, that's not even supposed to be there. You know, and you're trying to make us believe that. or you know, And it just gets really weird. And it can be combative. And for some people, it's hard to handle. <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, it needs to be brought up. So, how's everybody doing with this? <laughs> no, it's true because I remember a while ago, many years ago, um, I was strengthening my walk with the Lord again, and somebody had brought up the fact that the Bible has been changed so many times. How can you possibly believe that? And then fast forward to a few years ahead, like I didn't know different translations had those types of footnotes. And I remember coming to a verse, this one preacher had given an example of how the NIV is different from the New King James delivered someone and the I think the disciples went out to do it and they couldn't and they questioned Christ and Christ said that this one comes out with fasting and praying yeah well that particular one was in the NI in the not in the NIV or yeah. some version of it and it like threw me off I'm like oh yeah. my god yeah what is going on? yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah um let me see which one See if I can remember which. Yeah, you said something like it. it, it, it one one is just prayer, and then another one says fasting and prayer. Yeah. Right, right exactly. And I think it's uh, the English uh, standard version also, like, edits it or something like that. But that can really throw somebody off because right. it's just like, well, which version should you is the best one? I mean, I understand the, uh, the King James Version is word for word. And the New King James Version is, they just explain it in like, you know, today's terminology, I guess, but it's word for word. But I don't know, sometimes it's easier to read NIV or the Good News Bible because you just get a better grasp of it. Right. I'm trying to see which one that is. But it's funny, there's folks that take offense. To yes. <laughs> that take a, to, to different versions. You read the NIV. Oh, there was there was one time, you know, this is probably about ten years ago, maybe longer than that, maybe about fifteen years ago. Um, and a, a guy told me he he gave me this stack of papers. These are all the the verses that have been deleted from the Bible in the NIV. The devil yeah. is in the NIV. I was like, I I'm like, wait a minute, I, I, you know, I, you know, and at that time, I pretty much used the King James, and then I kind of moved on to the New King James because it took out the thous and the those, the these, right. right? You know, so I was reading the New King James anyway, so I was like, I don't know what this guy's talking about. I just keep reading the Bible that I have, you know, and you know, and then later on, going through Bible college, going through, you know, uh, some training. Like, oh, this is what he see. He he's operating in so much fear. He doesn't realize that there is actually a, a good explanation for why these translations are different, and it's based upon which manuscripts 
were used and most Bibles leave you a footnote and explain here's what it is. Some leave the verses in there and give you a footnote. Some take the verses out and give you a footnote. But either way, there's a footnote that kind of explains what's going on there. It's not just stash out of the Bible to hide something or, you know, <laughs> there's no, you know, uh, conspiracy. And because he, man, I think this paper, he said, yeah, there's over, uh, there's over a thousand verses that are changed in the NIV. It's like, what? and I just, I don't like conspiracy theory stuff. It just bothers me. <laughs> and like, okay, there's got to be an explanation for this. So let's, let's do some research. You know, we live in a time where you can research almost anything and get to the bottom of it. So, yeah. So I, I think, you know, you guys need to be aware of some of these things. Right. One of the things that we um, learned in exegesis is, you know, the, the differences in the translations and some some are less reliable uh, according to what we had learned than others. Right. Um, simply because of how the translations came to be, you know, usually, you know, some are done more scholarly with uh, a group, a committee, right. as opposed to one person translating it. So it's funny, I have the, um, I I recently bought a new Bible, and it's the NLT version. I can't remember, I think maybe in the exegesis course, it talked about, you know, having a, a translation, and I'm reading through that particular Bible from the beginning, just more for, like, story reading, and not necessarily studying. Right. So after I do my studying, I'll go read that. And, and obviously it's easier to read, but what I find myself doing, which is um, getting the parallel Bible, which up until about six months ago, I didn't realize there was such a thing. Yes. And some of, <laughs> some of the words that they use, I'm like, okay, it sounds kind of weird. And I always want to like, well, let me see what my, This is the one I use. The, the, <laughs> I what it says in the NIV, you know, just some it's of the all. terminology it uses can be a little bit suspect and not, I'm not saying implying that anything's wrong with it but I find myself wanting to go back and go okay like okay he used the word violence that sounds like a more current word even though I know it's in biblical terms right. and that's what the translation is for so I find myself wanting to go back and find it more what it says more traditionally um so the parallel bible does help in that regard yeah my I have a couple of different parallel bibles so I have one that has the new king james the English Standard Version, the NLT, and the Message. And then I have another one that has the King James, the Amplified Version, the NASB, and the NIV. And so it kind of gives me about eight different <laughs> translations to go and flip through, you know, um, and see, okay, let me see what that one says. You know, and like you said, you know, and you learn this in exegesis, you know, you have the word-for-word -word translations, you have the paraphrase translations, you know, uh, and then you have the thought for thought translations, you know, and each one captures a nuance word for word. You know, the benefit of the word for word is that it's going word for word off the manuscript. Right. But it doesn't mean that it's going to be that easy to read. <laughs> you know, it may not be as easy to read. I have no problem with the New King James. I read through it fine. Somebody may want an NIV that's a thought for thought that's kind of capturing the thought, you know, um, of what's being said. But then you have the paraphrase, and that's what uh, Charlene, that's what she's talking about. It kind of reads easier. You can read right through it because it's kind of paraphrasing things and 
your best paraphrase is the NLT. When you get beyond the NLT, it gets kind of, you know, you 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 get to like the message or some of these ones. And it's it's like, man, I don't even know what verse I'm in. <laughs> I'm just I'm just reading along, you know. So, yeah, it's good to know that. And it's good to pay attention to the footnotes and not be afraid, you know, to. OK, let me let me check this out. But you definitely don't want to preach from those verses you know and if you are preaching through a passage that has those verses in it you've got to be willing to express here's what's going on here and here's how you find that out look at your footnotes here's here and you know and and because people feel better when they don't feel like you're trying to hide something right and uh, you know i feel better (laughs) so all right I do like the Bible app, though. I mean, I, I do have hard Bibles, but mm-hmm. I do like the Bible app because I can just be somewhere and just say, let me see what the other other version, you know, there's yeah. all these different versions in here and you can just check, check, you know. And I like and, it. I, I like it, too, but I'm I'm old school. I got my, I still have my Bibles. Yeah, and I got I them all. I got them all over the place. I don't carry them with me. Right, 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 right. Right. So, um. I don't know why the syllabus didn't come out when I sent it. Uh, Everybody had a problem reading it. I don't know what happened. I have to figure out a different way. But we are just going chapter by chapter. So there's no there's no trickery. (laughs) So you're just going on to the next chapter. Um, But this week's homework assignment is that everybody's going to listen to a sermon. um, And you're going to listen to that sermon And you're going to be looking for three things. And these are things that we have learned. So I'm not giving you anything that we haven't learned, but things that we've learned. So number one, uh, can we figure out the theme or the 3 a.m. statement? What was the sermon about? Are we sure what they were talking about? (laughs) You know, number one, right? Number two is, can we discern the FCF? So we got to go to our questions, right? And ask our questions um, of the passage or whatever, you know, like, okay, what was the FCF? What was the fallen condition focus of, of this particular message? And then I want you to answer the question of what was the expository unit? What was the expository unit? So this should be pretty simple. It's not, I'm not giving you anything really hard. I just want you to get used to identifying those things when other people are speaking. When other people are speaking, okay? All right. Everybody got that. So just just some sermon that we choose. Yeah. It's a sermon you choose. Maybe it could be Sunday service or whatever, you know. Um, you can go turn on something when you get off of here and do it. You know, I don't know. You might be tired. But, you know... Uh, <laughs> Just, you know, pick out a sermon and and go through it and, you know, say, okay, so what is the 3 a.m. statement? What did this person preach on? What was their focus here? Then what was the FCF? What was the fallen condition? What was the thing that connected us to them, you know, that relates us to them? What was the issue or spiritual concern? And, you know, go through, answer your questions. Uh, And then uh, last but not least, um, what was the expository unit? What was the passage? Because I, I think if you can get that, you're probably okay. But, you know, if a person's all over the place and you're like, I don't even actually know where 
what their unit was because they used so many. Because usually people have a main passage, right? And then they start pulling references. But if they're just, oh, I started here and I go here and I started, you know, like, uh, okay. <laughs> well, I don't know what their, you know, their focus was. All right. Okay. All right. Time. Let's get out of here. Um, how's everybody doing? I know I threw a lot at you tonight. <laughs> a lot at you. Hopefully. All right. All right. Uh, anybody want to volunteer to pray us out? You did great, Charlene. You did great. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, She'd be on the move. I'm heading to my right gate. I'm behind horse to see. Okay. <laughs> She'd be on the move. All right. Who's going to pray us out? Uh, Darnell, was that you volunteering? No, but I can. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, Amen. I, was going, I was just gonna ask Charlene, is she in DIA or is she in another airport? <laughs> I'm in DIA. I'm heading to Portland. My flight's at ten fifteen. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Okay. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank and praise you, Lord.